And welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. This week, Matt welcomes Sharon Knight, a Celtic folk vocalist and mandolinist hailing from San Francisco. With her latest album, Portals, and a music video for her single Porcelain Princess now available for purchase, Sharon chats with Matt about how long she was working on the new record and what went into creating the music video. They also touch upon her tour life, how she got started in music, when she started playing the mandolin and her folk Celtic influences. And so, with time to add her future plans and information on all other art she makes, here's presenting Matt Storm and Sharon Knight. And welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, and my guest today is the one and only Sharon Knight. Sharon, thank you for joining me. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, I've been really excited since I was sent your stuff, uh, to get to talk to you because, um, I've actually been, I'm a huge folk and kind of Renaissance fair and Celtic fan. And so oh, cool. I, I love your stuff. Um, my wife has played in an Irish folk rock band for years and years. And so I've, I have a lot of experience with the genre and I'm always looking for new artists who, um, right on. who are in it. Um, so I guess I'll start with talking about your new album portals. Um, okay. <laughs> how long was that album in the making? Um, about a year. Okay. And um, as far as writing goes, with that album specifically, but as well as in general, do you tend to pull the music together first, or is it like a, do the lyrics come to you first? It really depends. Um, it, it happens all different ways. You know, a snippet will just appear, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> it'll be a melody or um, a lyrical snippet of sometimes, you know, I play with my husband and sometimes he'll have a, an idea on guitar and it just seems like you, you find the one little snippet and then dust away the parts that aren't the song until the whole song reveals itself. And your main instrument that you play is the mandolin, right? Yeah, octave mandolin. Octave mandolin. And uh, how long have you been playing that for? Oh, boy. That's a good question. Probably at least 15 years. And when you first started getting into music and wanted to start writing, was that the first instrument you were playing, or did you start out with something else first? No, I started out with guitar. Mm -hmm. And where did the inspiration to go to mandolin come from? From the band Planksty. <laughs> oh, really? Cool. Yeah, I heard Planksty and instantly fell in love with Celtic music. And from there, just devoured as much Celtic music as I possibly could. Um, who would you say some of your other big influences are on your writing and your style of music? Well, definitely um, a lot of the, the Celtic folk bands, folk rock, especially like Pentangle and Steel Ice Band and Fairport Convention. And there was a band called uh, Renaissance that was happening a while back too that I really loved and um, you know lots of traditional music uh, Lorena McKennett of course is an obvious one um, lots of Scandinavian bands Hedningarna comes to mind um, Garmarna comes to mind um, I could 
Oh, keep going. I could probably just go on and on, really. <laughs> um, the the follow-up question I wanted to ask in regards to the new album is specifically about the song uh, Porcelain Princess, which has a music video, mm-hmm. um, which was a blast to watch. I really love the cinematography of it. What was it like shooting that music video? Because I know there's this narrative that's strung through it, and you your your band is kind of the band in the background, kind of while the narrative is happening. Where did the idea come from, and and how was that shooting that like? Um, the idea came from, you know, this this feeling that we all feel invisible sometimes, and we don't feel fully alive, but we want to seize our lives and sometimes just feel like we can't. And so that's her story. The porcelain princess's story is that she's in love with her puppet master. And if he would return this love, then she would shed her porcelain skin and become a real living, breathing girl. And um, I think it came out of when I was first trying my hand at seeing if I could make a living as a musician. It was probably only the first or second year that we were touring. And I myself felt kind of outside of this life that I really wanted. And I would I, I wrote the song at a festival. Well, an event called Strowler Nights. Um, and at this event, I was put up in one of the musicians' homes, and all of these people knew each other and had been friends and done the same festivals and played in each other's bands, and I really felt like I wanted to be part of that but wasn't. And so I, I think it came out of that as myself feeling like the porcelain princess looking in at my real life and being really alive but not feeling like I could fully grasp it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the video, you know, we really wanted to tell that as a cinematic story. And uh, it was a blast doing the shoot. It took two days uh, to shoot it. It took a lot longer to organize it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it really came together surprisingly well. You know, for example, the porcelain princess herself, I had a specific person in mind that I wanted and then she wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So I was afraid that, oh, it's not going to be as good. And then the the gal who did play the porcelain princess turned out to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And she's a circus performer who plays a doll in her circus. Oh, and cool. Yeah, and things like that kept happening where – um, things didn't go as planned, but how it worked out was even better than planned. Mm-hmm. So it, it had a really kind of a, a synchronistic feel to it. I, I wish all of life could go like that. <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious the care that went into both the song and the video when you watch it. I mean, it's just, it, you know, I feel like a lot of music videos, especially since there's no real network TV that plays music videos anymore. It's mostly for the internet that a lot right. of them are very phoned in kind of performance videos that don't have a lot of high concepts. And I always believed that like music videos were short movies where they should be right. short movies. And so, yep. you know, not a lot of people do that as much now, I think, as they used to. And I miss that. Yeah, me too, actually. It's uh, definitely more expensive to do that. I think that's a big part of why. <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah, if you've just got a video camera and a band, like it's easier to just film the band playing and kind of move on. Yeah. 
Um, so it says in uh, the email I received that uh, you're based out in San Francisco. Had you always been on the West Coast, or did you kind of end up there just through happenstance of pursuing music? Nope. Born and raised here, actually. Oh, yeah? Yep. And is there a strong kind of Celtic folk scene in San Francisco? There used to be, but I, as I'm sure you've heard, San Francisco is changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, artists can't really afford to live here anymore. So there's not a whole lot of, of any kind of a music scene here like there used to be. Do you find yourself uh, touring more instead of playing locally because of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Touring's the only way we can really make any money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you go out on tour, um, for example, obviously, I'm sure you've been touring the new record. Um, do you hit one coast first? You kind of just go from, from east to west. How do you kind of schedule and set up a tour? Well, we, we try to get, you know, anchor gigs, which are festivals that, that pay decently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if, if there's a really strong show, um, then that ends up being, you know, what we all call anchor gigs. Uh, so, you know, you get one of those or a few of those, and then we just start filling in the tour um, from there. And, uh, you know, we've been doing this, this is our seventh year as, uh, um, touring musicians. So, so we're starting to get a feel for what festivals happen when. And so, you know, we're getting better at being able to line things up. And then, uh, we just fill in the blanks any way we can. You know, house concerts are really good. And, um, so, you know, we'll just tour our way across the country and then we'll, We'll stay on the East Coast for at least a few months because we have a really strong showing in several places in the East Coast. And then, uh, you know, then eventually we'll tour our way back home again. And (laughs) And so I imagine uh, a lot of the festivals you'll play are outdoor festivals and folk festivals, Renaissance fairs, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, we don't do a lot of Renaissance festivals, although uh, that would be worth investigating for sure. Uh, We've done a fair number of Celtic festivals, um, and then we've done a lot of mythic festivals, too. Like, there are these fairy festivals that are cropping up all over the country. New York Fairy Festival we've played at several times. Fairy Worlds in Oregon. uh, The Maryland Fairy Festival. Um, we've played pagan festivals too. Like there's a new one called Caldera, uh, music festival, which was a really good one this year that we played. Um, you know, those kind of things predominantly. And then we fill those in with, uh, house concerts and cafes and, uh, really any little stores, really anything we can get that people might be willing to shell out a few bucks for a ticket. Nice. Awesome. (laughs) Um, and so, um, going back to talking about your kind of origins in music, did you always know you wanted to play folk or when you first were starting with guitar and, and starting to write, did you kind of dabble in other genres first? Well, I definitely wanted to play, you know, the, the rock songs mm-hmm. of, of my day. And, uh, well, and actually I wanted to play, I've wanted to play songs from a little bit earlier than my day like you know i definitely loved the classics like led zeppelin and hart and jethro tull and as i realized 
uh, a big part of what I loved about those bands was specifically when they would go into more of a folk vein, like like Led Zeppelin would have um, Battle of Evermore and play the mandolin. And whenever they would go into these more mythical kinds of feelings, those are the songs I especially loved. And so it was really a natural for me to then be led to Celtic music because that just hit exactly that sweet spot that I was really enjoying about these rock bands that I liked. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I, at first I wanted to play, I wanted to play acoustic rock songs until I discovered Planksty and, uh, and then it was all over from there. <laughs> and, and how early did you start playing music and writing music? Well, I had a lot of starts and stops. I I first knew that I wanted to play guitar when I was nine, and my parents signed me up for Hawaiian guitar lessons because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know, right. and I didn't know either. I just thought, well, I guess this must be how how you learn to play guitar, but I'm really not into it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I lost interest, and then I wanted to play again when I was a teenager, and they said, well, you know, you gave it up when when you were nine so it took me a while to sort of figure that out and it wasn't until I was about 19 that I really started getting serious about it and I made friends with someone at work who was a Celtic guitar player and played a lot of folk songs and he taught me a lot of folk music and then we we formed my first band ever (laughs) and we played out in cafes and you know just did that thing together and I really uh, learned some some real guitar chops at that time. Awesome, very cool. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lush kind of history of learning to find your way with music and exactly what you wanted to do, which I think is good. I think that kind of shows in the care and heart of the of the music you've put out is that you're oh, kind nice. of this journeyed musician who you know wanted to figure out exactly what you wanted. You know. Yeah. True enough. <laughs> Um, the, the next thing I wanted to ask and talking a little bit again about writing, you know, it sounds like for the most part, you know, your, your writing style is pretty natural as far as finding where the song fits and where to start with. But have you ever, while trying to put a song together, kind of just hit a roadblock and kind of just wasn't able to complete the song because either the lyrics weren't right or the music wasn't right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I definitely have a whole whole bunch of songs sitting on my laptop just waiting to fulfill their destiny <laughs> or not. <laughs> right. Have you ever gone back to any of those songs and been able to kind of uh, finish them with some time and some space? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And is it is it one of those things where um, – so you never kind of scrap anything. You always keep everything and then see if you can work with it later. Well, sometimes I scrap things. Yeah. Sometimes it's just – a dud and it's just not going to go anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I guess no one would know that better than you when it comes to your own music, you know, what yeah. will or won't work. <laughs> um, going back to, to the new, new record portal. Um, one of my favorite songs on the record besides porcelain princess probably has to be the intro track crimson masquerade. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious if I could have a little like history about that song, where it comes from, how you how you were kind of inspired to write that one. Sure. You know, we we felt like Portals needed a a track like that to introduce the the overall project because it's kind of a concept album mm-hmm. in that 
it's meant to convey this sort of magical carnival that you step into and these strange things happen like mm-hmm. um you know porcelain dolls come to life and women grow serpent's tails and and things like that mm-hmm. and uh so we had this collection of songs but we didn't really have a song to tie it together or to introduce or to invite people into our circus and so we just decided you know what we we need that we need the portals representative song and so we wrote that specifically to be that to invite the audience into this crimson masquerade which is really life it's this theater of blood and bone that we're all living in and trying to find our way in and that it's strange and wondrous and magic can happen here if we let it that's awesome yeah i mean it definitely conveys that i think it's there's a strength in having an intro track that really supports the kind of adventure if you will that you're going on especially when doing a concept album yeah um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is, so as you had said earlier, you do a lot of touring and that's mostly where you make your money, you know, as a touring artist, um, playing live shows. Do you have a favorite place you like to visit? You said you'd kind of get it, have an idea of where the anchor points are these days because you've done it so much and have been doing it for so mm-hmm. long. Are there specific cities that you really, really enjoy visiting and look forward to going to playing? Let's see. Well, the, the New York Fairy Festival is definitely a favorite. Mm-hmm. It's not really so much a, in a city as it is its its own uh, its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Fairy World is another one of those. Um, we do really well in the Maryland and Delaware area. Mm-hmm. We do well in Lincoln, Nebraska, believe it or not. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. What are other good spots? We've done pretty well in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, boy, I know there's more, and I'm not thinking of them. We did great in Florida this year, actually, oh, surprisingly. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. I wouldn't think I the was... Florida Floridians would be into folk and that, the like. You know, we played at this little little shop, and a bunch of people came out. Oh, that's very so, cool. Yeah, and we've only played in Florida one other time, so... Um, yeah, we we were surprised. <laughs> um, and since since you guys tour so much, do you have things that you do besides playing music to keep yourself busy on tour? Are you into books or 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 I don't know any kind of like hobbies that you do while you're on the road? Uh, we we you know being on it the road is so its own thing. It's mm-hmm. all consuming. So I always bring little projects. Like I also draw and create visual art and okay. i like to write some too but i almost never get to it because <laughs> it's just so slamming getting to one place to the next um we do listen to a lot of books on tape because we're in the car so much uh-huh. <laughs> do you have any favorite books that you've listened to on tape recently well we listened to the entire great game of thrones saga oh wow um this year we've been listening to the dresden files so they're just fun <laughs> nice yeah i've read the first couple of books and they're a blast yeah um i guess going back to talking about um your albums and portal specifically um i really dig the cover art was there specific a specific um 
vision you were going for when you'd set out to do it, or did it just kind of come together as you were planning the record? Oh, that was pretty much what we were going for. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty intentionally plotted out. And I mean, I and I would gather that considering how much you know this record is supposed to kind of fill you with this sense of adventure and this taking you into this world, and it kind of yeah. the album cover itself looks like a gateway. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were going for. <laughs> so um it's it sort of a follow-up to the on tour question you said that you do drawing and some some artistic writing besides songwriting um mm-hmm. when you're not on tour and you have downtime is there has there been any projects outside of music that you've been really stoked to work on that have you've created recently well not recently um last year you know we we crowdfunded this whole album mm-hmm. and uh because the music video wasn't cheap sure, <laughs> so that ate our lives for all of last year and um you know winter is our slow time so uh my my husband is a recording engineer and uh he uh so we've just moved out of our studio space this winter, so we're still kind of figuring out what we're doing with that. Um, and one of the things that I have wanted to do but wasn't able to get to last year due to portals is uh, to create a store that sells my original artwork. Oh, very so cool. That, yeah. And uh, and so the artwork that you're doing is kind of drawing, is it painting as well? Like what kind of visual art is it? It definitely starts as illustration, and then it gets decoupaged with all sorts of different textures and things. Oh, cool. So it's like a multi-layered kind of collage art with illustration as the centerpiece. Oh, very cool. That sounds really beautiful. Um, Is there anywhere people can find it online currently, or...? Nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet, okay. So that, that seems to be the plan, is to figure out that, that step to get it online yeah, so people can see it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I know Portals only came out back in March, but are, have you started working on your next record yet? Not even close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do do um, we do a monthly song that we write and record for our Patreon subscribers. Cool, and are those completely independent of what's on your albums? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and now saying not even close, have you even started like theorizing or writing or anything, or is it just kind of not even a thought yet? Not even a thought yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like portals came out that long ago, so that makes sense yeah. that you're still working yeah. on it. Do you guys have plan for what plans for more music videos? I certainly hope so. Um, you know, it, it all comes down to the expense. It cost mm-hmm. us probably about $6,600 to do that one, and we got a deal on a lot of things. So I would love to do at least one a year of that caliber. Um, mm-hmm. I know that we'll do some more modest ones because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we need to beef up our YouTube channel. <laughs> Sure. I mean, that's kind of uh, becoming a big thing for people to get into music. I mean, YouTube's pushing their own music app now, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. So that needs to happen for sure. And we'll just do the best we can. I mean, you know, I'm pretty graphically savvy, so I can at least put together slideshows with scrolling lyrics and things like that, which are certainly not going to be as epic as a cinematic mini story, but we do what we can. Well, sure. And it's actually pretty common for people to put together lyric videos now where it's just kind of showing the lyrics as the song goes on. And so I think it's a very artistic way of doing a music video with a different kind of visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any idea what you'd want your next single to be or have you not even started thinking about that? Um, you know, I just don't even know yet. You know, I figure as we build up a body of work through Patreon, we'll, we'll start to look for an overarching theme among the songs there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll probably go go back into, you know, the mythology of nature since that's such a, a core theme for me. Well, yeah, and it's kind of a rich place to pull ideas from, I think, in general, anyway. It is, yeah. Um, going back to talking about your live shows and performance and touring, do you have a, a favorite song or a favorite few songs that you really enjoy playing live, maybe even more so than initially the recorded versions? You enjoy the recorded versions? Yeah, I really, I really like playing Crimson Masquerade live mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, it's a great opener. We've been opening our sets with that this tour a lot, and then going right into Porcelain Princess. Uh, I like playing Well Below the Valley. Oh, that's from a previous album. That's mm-hmm. not on Portals. But yeah, sure. I like playing that live as well too. And uh, there's this little ditty that we tack onto the back of that. Just get playful with it. Cool. And I imagine being as much touring as you're doing, you must really love playing live shows. Oh, yeah. We love playing live shows a lot. <laughs> I imagine it's the that- only job. It's the only job I've ever had where instead of that crushing in feeling you get when you have to go to work, I get this excited, expanding out feeling like, oh, my God, I actually get to go play live music and people are going to give me money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a pretty good deal. It is. And so you said that you didn't, you weren't always a full-time musician. How long have you been a full-time musician for? Oh boy. Sometimes I wonder if I'm even a full-time musician now, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, it was seven years ago that I decided, you know what? Jobs keep getting pulled out from under me. I'm just going to see if I can do this thing that I've always wanted to do and see if I can book myself a tour. And that was the first um, national tour Mm -hmm. that I did. And I did pretty well with it. And uh, my sweetie didn't go with me the first time because he just didn't want to. But Mm -hmm. I came back with a stack of cash and then he's wanted to go with me ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the end, money will do that, huh? Yep. But then, you know, we, we always end up doing some kind of other work especially in the winter, like, you know, the recording studio work has been our main supplement. Right. So I guess that is still kind of making a living with music because we're, you know, mostly my sweetie is recording music for other people. Sure. Have you, um, while, while he's been working to record other artists, have you discovered music you had not been familiar with that you've gotten really into through that access? Not really through that access. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for other music that I love, but you know, I, I'm 
I'm a big fan of symphonic metal, and we haven't had much of that come through our studio. (laughs) (laughs) So I I imagine you must be a fan of Trans-Siberian Orchestra then. I have heard of them, but I have not listened to them. I will have to check them out. I highly recommend it. They do a lot of Christmas-related stuff, but a lot of it has this kind of power and energy that's really cool, even if you're not really into Christmas music. Wow. I'll definitely check them out. Cool. All right. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, Sharon. Um, I'm sorry that we had had so many previous missteps and recording issues. Um, That's okay. That I, I'll be frank with the listeners checking out that uh, it had taken a few date reschedulings and a few edits to make this uh, a cohesive thing. But uh, but I do appreciate you taking <laughs> the time. And uh, I promise if we get together next summer in person, it will be a much smoother process. Okay, and you were saying your wife plays in a Celtic band. She does. So they're called the Wasties, and they uh, they formed at the bar the Way Station, which is a Doctor Who theme bar in Brooklyn. And, oh, cool! Uh, and she plays guitar and boron and sings. And uh, I uh, I highly recommend. They don't have a lot of stuff online yet. They're working on an album, but they mostly yeah. they're a live bar band. But uh, but yeah, I, I love the stuff they do. Decemberist covers, and they do you know um, old school Celtic covers. Um, you know, and all all sorts of interesting stuff. And they kind of make the Celtic songs a little more rock and roll and rock and roll, rock and roll songs a little more Celtic, which is always fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up uh, following her on Twitter, you know, following through through your Twitter account. Okay. So who knows? Maybe we'll do a show together or something. That would be a blast. I would love that. Um, yeah. She's always looking to collaborate. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because she's a musician and an actress and very much deeper in the arts than me who just records a podcast. Though I, I still <laughs> like to think it's a form of art. Um, yeah, definitely. But, uh, but it's just the kind of people that I've met through her music and her her acting has been pretty cool too and i love sharing that and uh i saw that you followed me on twitter today too which is cool um uh, i'm hoping that that we can stay in touch because i really do love portals and i've gone back and dug into the older stuff a little bit too but like i think the new record is really tight and i think that uh you know i wish there was more folk and celtic stuff that that had this kind of sense of adventure that your stuff has Right on. That's cool. It's great to hear. <laughs> but uh, but but again, thank you for taking the time. And, uh, you know, I will definitely stay in touch. That sounds awesome. All right. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Sharon. All right. You All right, bet. Bye. Have a great one. You bye. too. Bye. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.